Welcome to Sugar, we're going down podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, my name's Joe, and just like how this song has a feature from people not normally in the band, this episode has a feature from someone not normally on the show. True. Hello, I'm Theo. Hello, Theo. You may you may know Theo from uh, LGB Time Machine or Theo Pets or their their Twitter presence. I don't know your lives. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have they've that been on, great they've been on, Twitter presence. They've been on Champs in the Making a few times. That's I have. true. I'm the person who knows nothing about Pokemon who's learning about it every episode. In my opinion, that makes you most qualified for the position. That's true. You don't have any biases coming yeah. in. You're you're not out there being like, this one sucks because it has an ability that destroys competitive play. No, I'm more out here being like, this one sucks because he looks like a dick. Yep. That's also me, even though I am more familiar with Pokemon. Uh, but this, 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 this podcast isn't about Pokemon. No, this podcast is about something so much better. Oh, wait, are, are, you, are you saying this song is better than Pokemon or Fall Out Boy as a whole? Uh, absolutely not to this song, but maybe Fall Out Boy as a whole. I don't know. It brings me joy. I would say, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a little mean for me to say that Pokemon hits about as consistently as Fall Out Boy. But I would say that, like, I would say they're pretty comparable. There. I've liked more Pokemon games than I've liked Fall Out Boy records is what I'll say. Anyway... I'd have to I'd have to really sit down and think about it to know which is more. And it's going to bother me for this whole episode. Now. I think I, I can definitively say I like three Fall Out Boy albums. So I have liked more than that of Pokemon games. Actually, wait, I do. I like four because I also like Save Rock and Roll, even though it's a mess. But yeah, still more because I like five Pokemon games. I'd have to, there's so many Pokemon games, like, there's probably, like, a generation that I just forget exists. I mean, I haven't even played all of them, but I like uh, Fire Red, I like Soul Silver. I like uh, Sapphire, I like uh, Ultra Sun, and I like Shield, so. Yeah, I like, I like one through four and the last two. That's six, so. Those were sure a whole bunch of stones and colors and items and things uh-huh. that you just listed that mean <laughs> nothing to me. That's the thing too, like Pokemon Pokemon will do these re-releases, so it'll be like, yeah, I really like Gen 1, but does that mean I like Pokemon Red and Fire Red? Like both I mean I I do, but it's just anyways, this is this is so <laughs> far off the plot. In the making. <laughs> No, that's that's the thing. This is like I think this is more nuanced of a conversation than than James yeah, and Making gets to. That's fair. Anyways, I will try to stop thinking about Pokemon. This is an episode about Sunshine Riptide, a song off of Mania. We're getting through that album. We are. I think this is the sixth song we've covered out of ten. So I think I think the last time I checked, we were halfway. So this, if I'm doing my math correctly, would be six. That's pretty impressive. You Not know? the math, like how many you've covered. Yeah. Although I guess I'm... the math is also impressive because math is hard. Math is hard. Yeah, because I think um, I'm still excited for us to one day get to church and Bishop's Knife Trick. And I don't think we've done Hold Me Tight either. So I think that that's three that I said. I don't know. There might be something I'm forgetting. Um, this podcast is very hard to keep track of. I keep thinking we're like, I, I thought we were halfway done for six months before we were halfway done. Oh. Anyways, Sunshine Riptide is track eight, which comes after Champion and before Young and Menace. And we've done both of those songs, which are much it's more true. upbeat than this one. Heck yeah, they are. And so it's kind of an interesting, like, slow down in the back half. Um, this is a song that you specifically requested, Theo. Yeah, I... <sighs> This is, I think, the one of the weakest songs on this album, and it's one of the only songs that, when I'm listening to Mania just straight, I consider skipping. It's at interesting least that half you picked the time it when it comes on. <laughs> I I think I agree. It's probably at this point my least favorite on the record. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just this and Champion are just kind of there comparatively. Yeah. Um, considering I do like 
the record as a whole. It's interesting that you picked out the one that you think is the weakest. Well, I felt like I might have more to say about it and just like things that annoy me about it, Mm -hmm. which arguably might not be a great thing to like want to go on a podcast to do. But it's also literally this podcast, Theo. Lots of people do it. I mean, we started this show knowing that we were a coin flip on our opinions of Fall Out Boy. That's fair. I just so like Champion is just like a bop. It's there. It doesn't like say much. Young and Menace at first I wasn't a fan of, but like then I was like, oh shit, actually this this is great. And then you've just got this. Like this mm-hmm. is the same album that has Church and Stay Frosty Royal Milk Tea and then we're here. Yeah, I I it's it's a weird it like fits in. Like I think it fits on the album. It just feels fully like not as realized. Maybe it is if they were just going for, you know, a considerably chill reggae-esque track. That that isn't like that isn't a style that reaches in quite the same way that the rest of the record has. But just even even taking it as that, I'm just like it's fine. I don't think yeah. I'm actively upset by it. So I'm kind of I'm curious what bothers you about it. Other is is it just that it's okay on an album of of bangers? Um, I think that's part of it. I think that it it feels like they literally were just like, "Hey, Burna Boy, we like him. Uh, here's a mediocre songs that we can get him in with us because he's cool." And it also like. I feel like half of the time, which also is fair for most Fallout Boys, but half the time the lyrics are just trying to do something, and then instead I'm just like, "This is annoying," and I don't know what you're trying to do here. And for example, I the it's like the second section of like the first verse, which is the sciences don't tap the glass, but I read it in reverse, and then they fucking say it in reverse. Mm-hmm. That doesn't it necessarily is- mean anything. They just do it. Yeah, like. It's not clever. It's not entertaining. I can't sing along to that. And so, like, I don't hate this song, but the song has a few, like, little, like, nuances like that that I'm like, hmm, not the best. Yeah, this first verse just throws a lot of ideas out that I don't think necessarily connect in a meaningful way. And then I don't think the second verse connects to any of the other parts of the song. Um, lyrically anyway. So, I mean, it's, I, I think Fall Out Boy has made other songs in the past where like, we really want to work with this person. So they make a song to work with them. And then it's just a song that is like not very cohesive or impressive. It's just, Hey, we got a feature. We were, ha- we had fun making it, which is fine. But I kind of wish they were B-sides, uh, or bonus tracks or remixes or something. Exactly. So it's, it's a song that exists. Is is kind of my my in depth review of it. I don't think I I don't know if I've ever really wanted to skip it if I'm listening to the whole record. I think I'm fine just like chilling out just because I know Young and Menace is like a hard hitter. So like I think Champion into that like I kind of understand why they put it here. Um, I just I don't know. I do wish the song was stronger because because then I think the record would be stronger as a side effect. But I think it's just okay. Uh, Caitlin. This would. This is, assumably, your first time listening to it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? I don't like it. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I just. I'm not a fan of like reggae or ska music, really. So like the vibes that this is trying to elicit already just like are not really my thing. And then like yeah, there's just really not that much there, lyrically either that I find interesting or good. And, like, Burner Boy's fine, but, like, this is the first time I've heard him. And, like, it's fine. It's just, like, it's just a whole lot of, like, shit that's not my jam. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why it's here. That's fair. I think, I think my opinion of the song is the chorus is good. I like, I actively like the chorus. And the verses are there. I don't really think it's like it's not what i want to hear patrick doing i don't think it's bad it's just there for me and i think lyrically it's kind of disconnected i think burna boy's fine but like like again this i guess i feel like he's just kind of there on this song 
and then it just kind of keeps going, and then it ends. Yep. And then I think the last chorus, Patrick hits some pretty hard, like, there's a lot of vocal layering and with him hitting a bunch of notes, and it's like, this is nice. But it's kind of like too little too late at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have... We learned today that it was co-written by Sia. That's true. Doesn't change much. Oh. It's interesting because there are, there are some lines in here that I'm like, okay, maybe. I could, having known this info for like five whole minutes, be like, I could maybe see where that came into play. Which might explain why nothing in this song is cohesive. <laughs> but I don't know. I wonder, I just feel like a lot of times Fall Out Boy probably doesn't give much. Like, I don't think they go to their features and say, hey, please relay it back to the whole song. Like, this is our core message. You should write something that relates back to it. I feel like they go and say, here's 16 bars. Do you? And I think it, then it's going to depend on the artist on whether or not they want to connect back with it or like i don't know i don't know what those conversations are like i'm not in the band but that's just the impression i get when i listen to some of these verses fair i also don't know what the conversations actually go like but that would make sense to me that's how it feels yeah i'm trying to think of other features that follow boy songs have had where i felt that way and i think big sean kind of feels that way on the Mighty Fall. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne's great on whatever song he's on on Folly Do. I don't remember the which like which title it is, but they know exactly how they're using him as a voice in the track. Mm-hmm. Which is not how I feel with this. <laughs> not at all. Oh, oh, the other thing I was gonna say, um, with with the things I've read from Pete about Mania conceptually as a record of having these like different extremes. I feel like this song kind of makes sense as a very consistent, chilled-out vibe to contrast some of the other songs, like Young and Menace, that are sonically manic. Mm-hmm. But but this is kind of the only song on this record that slows down. Like, this and Bishop's Knife Trick are the only ones that completely slap. But Or maybe Church also falls into that. But I think even with those... And this one, to an extent, I think they read like church really belts at certain parts. It's it's kind of, a you know, a, it, it goes back and forth within the song. And Bishop's Knife Trick also hits like high points. And the last chorus of this song, I think, hits a high point. But like the fact that most of the record is at full tilt makes me discredit that for this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I get why it exists i get that it is probably necessary but i feel like there are better ways to do that and i'm trying to think of other albums of theirs that recently they had like they panned it out like that that i really really enjoyed when we got to like a slow song um and i think one that i I like save rock and roll like the song itself is a little bit chiller and i enjoyed that don't know if I enjoyed it after Ratatat, but that's whatever. But like, I feel like there are other times that they they manage to get a good feeling of a record, and they're like, "There's a great course," and you like don't feel like everything is just a banger all the time. Mm-hmm. And then here, I'm just listening, and I'm like, "Wow, I kind of wish this were a banger, or were just better." Yeah, it's. Even on this record, I think the way Church starts really slow and then, you know, hits some really high peaks um, is is kind of similar to like What a Catch, where halfway through the record, they chill out. But even that song, like within itself, hits like limits not seen before it on the record. Yeah. And like that works really well structurally, whereas like this one, I feel like is just not fully realized idea yeah well and it's also like what a catch is such a such an interesting song and i felt like the the lyrics in that are much more poignant and they're also like simpler they're like not trying to be super clever they're just kind of there but then they also like later on in that song bring in so many more beats and 
things and throwbacks and it like makes it cool and makes it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And here we get a featured verse that doesn't super fit. That isn't bad, but isn't like, "Mm, yeah, that's my jam. And then we get a really cool final chorus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just weird that this song is like, let's chill out for a little bit when like church already does that. Heaven's gate kind of does too. Like it's kind of got, a slower side to it but it's even with like i don't feel like the record is making a conscious choice to slow down in the middle or in the back half partly because young and menace is smack between this and the closer although i kind of always figured young and menace made sense as an opener and then they make it track nine for some reason yeah which is fine i think it works fine as track nine before bishop's knife trick um, it's just this song that makes me question the entire structure of the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even switching it with Champion, I think, makes more sense. Because then you have 5, 6, and 7 all being kind of slowed down, and then Champion... I think I think my perfect structure, keeping all these songs, would be Church, Heaven's Gate, Sunshine, and then Young and Menace, and then Bishops, and then just put Champion somewhere fucking else. <laughs> Because I think Young and Menace, the way it starts really, like, quiet, and then the chorus yeah. is, is what hits hard. I think that would be a great build-up from the slow songs to the, the, the higher songs again. But, I don't know, it's just kind of weird that it's in between this and, and Bishops, and then Champion is in between this and Heaven's Gate and Church. Um, these are a lot of really nitpicky conversations to be having. <laughs> but I think about the structure of records maybe too much. I mean, I guess that makes sense on a on a podcast that's completely dedicated to listening to, to song track by track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. We don't even discuss records as a whole. We just kind of discuss the songs and kind of discuss their context when we get to them. But like, I think me thinking of the structure of records so much is partly why I, I uh, am, am so passive on Cork Tree. I think that record's just like a lot of songs, too many songs. <laughs> poorly organized yeah i feel like they definitely struggle especially post hiatus with like how they structure their albums Mm -hmm. i think mania is the best of the three in general like i think i've come around to that decision of like structurally and the songs themselves i think i like mania the most i still haven't heard uh all of it or american beauty so i don't know but Mm -hmm. I think I like Amer- I think I I like them progressively each more cuz I I think each each record they get more and more at the pop album they want to make and I think this is the closest they've gotten. Mm-hmm. But I think structurally they've been like, "Yep, we don't need more than 12 songs <laughs> and we kind of know how to flow a 12-song pop record." And I think Mania is just the best they've done that. And that's my hot take for today it's interesting because i think i individually i like more songs out of save rock and roll than i do american beauty but i think american's beauty's structure makes more sense than save rock and rolls and the songs i dislike on american beauty i don't dislike as much or not dislike there but like i don't have as much of an emotion about as i do about the ones i dislike on save rock Mm -hmm. and roll and this one where it's like, I actually like enjoy for the most part, almost every song on Mania. Yeah, I think kind of this exception. I think almost I think the title track of American Beauty is maybe my least favorite song they've made, period. Same. Which is a which is a huge damper on that record as a whole. Um, but you kind of get it out of the way early. <laughs> um, and True. I think and I think Centuries is kind of boring. Um, but also Irresistible is one of the best songs they've made. So like the whole first half of that record is such a such a whiplash. Uma Thurman's in there too. Um <laughs> back half of American Beauty is is great. But then yeah, I think this uh, Save Rock and Roll is such this weird experiment for them and I think the title track is just okay as a as a big conclusion thing. I think as much as I really like my songs know you in the dark. It's like this weird, like nothing else sounds like it on the record. Mm-hmm. And they don't, I don't know. It's weird. I, th- I don't think it's a very cohesive record. And I think 
American Beauty is probably the most cohesive of the three, mm-hmm. but I don't like some of the songs. And this re- and this record is cohesive despite having songs that sound completely different from each other. And I find that impressive. And with the exception of this song in Champion, I really like like that's 80 per- I like re- I really like 80 percent of it. <laughs> yeah. Even though I didn't originally like Stay Frosty, I had to come around to that one. Same. Uh, it was Stay Frosty and Young Menace were interestingly the two that I, out of the ones that I now am like, will go to bat for. Mm-hmm. I at first was like, this is all right. And now like, I don't know. I, a lot of times when I'm listening to Fall Out Boy, I'll literally just do the Spotify thing of like the, this is Fall Out Boy and just shuffle it mm-hmm. and have fun. But then it's always like a pleasant surprise when a song from Mania comes on. And it's interesting that I feel that way because I don't know. It's a good record. It is. It, it's it, weird to like reconcile with when Folly Ado is like one of my favorite records ever. And this is like, what's the, I don't remember the name for the thing, but it's like, if you slowly replace all of the parts until it's a different thing, is it still the same band, even though they're nowhere near what they used to be sonically? Um, and it's like, I kind of consider post hiatus Fall Out Boy to be a different band, but like it's weird that like yeah I think Folly Ado and Mania are maybe the the two that I am most interested in what they're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. Although Infinity and High is also a perfect record. Oh heck yeah, perfect record. Mm-hmm. I think those are probably my top three, which is probably like criminal to some people, but whatever. This is my podcast. <laughs> You can say whatever the heck you want. Uh Uh-huh. We can also say the lyrics. I think this is the longest we've taken to get to them in an episode. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was a thing that we do. (laughs) It is a thing that we do. I was just really enjoying listening to y'all talk about the record (laughs) discourse, honestly. It's it's nice to to really get in the weeds about it. (laughs) Wait, because I haven't listened to, like, you know all of like this one or American Beauty so I can't I can't contribute that much but I liked listening to it Mm -hmm. hopefully everyone at home also did (laughs) yeah if not sorry but uh that's what we said yeah and we might get into it again who knows the night is young (laughs) the night is young I don't even have my own attention you said please don't ever change but you don't like me the way I am Sunsets don't to tap the glass, but I read it in reverse. The world tried to burn all the mercy out of me, but you know I wouldn't let it. It tried to teach me the hard way, I can't forget it. Driving down the coast again, the pills are kicking in, the pills are kicking in. She said, I love you till I go. one is like i think the longest stretch of the song so i think i'll i'll just go ahead and take that and get get into it partly because i do want to attempt to read the thing in backwards oh my god please do i'll do my best but it starts first one patrick stump he says i don't even have my own attention you say in quotes he doesn't say in quotes but the lyrics in quotes you say please don't ever change but you don't like me the way I am. The sign says, don't you tap the glass, but I read it in reverse. Yet, Pat, you, yes, yes, you guess yet? Was that, was that any good? Did I get it? It sounded like really bashed Russian. <laughs> like a little bit, yeah. I associate a lot of backwards speak with, with uh, David Lynch and, and Twin Peaks, so I think that's where my tone of voice came from. Anyways, the verse continues. The world tried to burn all the mercy out of me, but you know I wouldn't let it. It tried to teach me the hard way. I can't forget it. Driving down the coast again. The pills are kicking in. The pills are kicking in. She said, I love you till I don't. I am just playing house. 
no idea what I'm doing now. <laughs> there are no atheists in foxholes. The pressure's getting to me. It's time to throw in the towel. There's like six different ideas going on in this. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. happening here. Wh- which, to be fair, it's there is some sonic changes, uh, like changes in the the music itself. So it doesn't feel as much like to me listening to it i don't feel as assaulted by the number of premises raised the way that i do uh just reading it this way the backwards thing doesn't mean anything it's just an excuse to play his voice backwards really (laughs) although i my favorite thing and by favorite thing as in the thing that i hate the most on this genius thing is the annotation for that line because it just I'm just like, people will try to make excuses for anything, even yeah, when Yeah, welcome it's to Fallout Boy. Which, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for the, the, deep, the deep readings and, like, the, the really extrapolated metaphors. I love the Wachowski films. The Matrix is about gender. But then I read some of these annotations, and I'm like, I just, I just don't think there's anything there. Yeah. Because I like to say, well, the text is deep enough for you to have this reading. But I, the older I get and the more genius annotations I read, the less and less I think that. Uh, like, OK, so half of this annotation about like the metaphor for sonic changes. I'm like, all right, whatever. There, Fall Out Boy has definitely gone through a lot of that. But the like. He's a zoo animal trapped in the cage. And so he's <laughs> reading the sign in reverse because it's backwards for him. And I'm just like, uh, I mean, theoretically, that is where those signs come from. But your analogy it's not the only how, place. It's like there is there is just how he feels as a as an attraction in the music industry in relation to that line. Mm-hmm. feels a little too deep for as you said what feels like an excuse to just play his vocal track backwards yeah i think that's definitely where the idea started um the the way the annotation highlights the the you say please don't ever change but you don't like me the way i am i i maybe i still think it's a stretch like the i feel like the fact that it specifically says zoo animal i'm like i'm out but if it like yeah. if it if it just said observation room i'm like okay he's observed sure something about the zoo metaphor takes me out of it well i think it's it's the connotation of a zoo and all of the ways like i'm sorry i interrupted you also but um (laughs) all the ways as a historian that i'm thinking of things that we have put into cages and put on display including people that i i get very iffy when i see people make that the metaphor immediately because i was like there's actual actual times that we've done this and we pretend we didn't so yeah very fair to to be be critical of that (laughs) yeah um and even like even if that is what's intended i think it being like it being read in reverse adds nothing to the metaphor because it's, it's like before that, it's like, oh, yeah, the words already convey that there is an observational glass between us. It being said in reverse doesn't add to it because it's not like, oh, well, I did tap the glass. I did the opposite of what it said or the like it's this is about as deep as the the memes where the impo- impact is backwards and says, how does it how does it feel to be the meme for once? This is about yeah. that deep. Yeah, well, it's it's also interesting because you could literally have just left it as the sciences don't tap the glass, but I read it in reverse and then have gone straight into the world tried to burn all the mercy out of me. And I would have been like, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the what they do is play this in reverse, which kind of drops out that like the music behind it drops out and then transitions to the next part of the verse. But yeah, the, the decision to play it backwards is just that'd be neat, right? Wouldn't that be funny? I if I if I if I'm saying that it's going to be in reverse and then you hear it in reverse, wow, that'd be that'd be something. They all high five. And <laughs> Revolutionary. This annotation does have sixty nine thumbs up though. Nice. Well, 
that's good at least at least there's something um randomly apparently the, the, the i saw a post today that there have been 6969 days today from 2000 or something i don't know the actual date but i was like neat cool haha cool. <laughs> and tomorrow that'll be true for the day after the the day <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> and that'll always be true if you just pick the right day yep you just keep on going I want to, if, if I ever had like infinite resources and time, I would love to do a deep dive on the internet to compile how many fake Back to the Future memes there have been. To, this is the day you have to retweet it today. Like how many fake versions of that have been successfully circulated and convinced people that it was the day? So many. That's like I had to... something I think about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I don't actually know the, the date off the top of my head i'm not that like i enjoyed the movie but i'm not like a diehard so now i'm like i've definitely seen those and i'm not someone who ever retweets those things and the same with like october 3rd or whatever the fucking day is for me girls i'm just like okay whatever F funny enough it's also the same day for the full metal alchemist thing it's october 3rd <laughs> well that one i know that's that's the reason i know that date uh-huh because i used to be an anime dork i say used to be yeah, I still gotta finish editing the the Naruto podcast that you were on. Listen, all, all three there. of us were on shit. We were all informed. Fuck. I fucking love Naruto. It's so bad and so good. <laughs> Yesterday, my best friend, we were in conversation and we were talking about the MCR concert reunion and the first date in north america was nine nine and they were immediately like nine nine i almost said that was naruto's birthday but actually that's ten ten and i was like how the fuck do you know that and how do i know enough to know that you are correct <laughs> anyways i don't think i don't think the song's about naruto i would love to find a spin on that I can actually make a good case for the next, the only part of the first verse that I think is actually decent, which is the world tried to burn all the mercy out of me. That's that could also be about Batman, though. That, and we know how much he loves Batman. That's true. <laughs> it's like that verse can be about so many young people who dealt with shit, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is probably why it's the only part of that verse so i was like okay this is semi-decent because it's literally not trying to be any deeper than it is it's a, it's a vaguely deep line and it's got that pot kind of positive but it's like but you know i wouldn't let it like i'm still here fuck you and then the rest of the song i'm just like ah yes here we go again here we go again on our own but yeah like the the sentiment of they tried to get me but they couldn't is like vague enough that anyone can relate to it which is honestly i would say a usually a strong suit of Pete's writing. Sometimes I'm like, so sometimes it's too vague and meaningless, <laughs> but I think this is fine. Uh, but yeah, then, then the song, like then the verse just becomes a different like thing. I don't think anything yeah. after this connects back. In fact, these three stanzas, I think are all separate thoughts. <laughs> they completely are. So like driving down the coast again, pills are kicking in. Okay. And then after that, she said, I love you till I don't. I'm just playing house. No idea what I'm doing now. That's a contained thought that is interesting. And then mm -hmm. after that, we have the atheists and foxholes, which means nothing in the in context. And then pressure's getting to me. If I'm squinting to try and remember the first half of the verse, uh, okay, you were talking about being observed. I suppose pressure could relate back to that and then throwing in the towel. But even that's like, what about everything in between? Yeah. And then the chorus doesn't necessarily shine any light on those concepts either. Not at all. Uh, I think I've realized my major issue with this song, which we've already touched on a little bit, but it is going from annotation to annotation. None of these annotations actually explain the line in any way, shape, or form. Like, there are no atheists in foxholes. It's just three sentences on what a foxhole is, or three paragraphs about what a foxhole is and there's literally no like actual explanation of what there are no atheists in foxholes could mean other than at the very end there's yeah there's a line at the very end that tries but it's the most i, I it's such a stretch like foxholes yeah. can create atheists because some soldiers may question their beliefs after witnessing violence and it's like i mean <laughs> The line it is just... Is, I, I feel like it just means that you pray when you're being 
bombed in war. Yeah, probably. It's yeah, it's like when you're in a bad situation, you adapt to faith. Sure. Cool. And then yeah. that further relates to pressure getting to me wanting to throw in a towel. I do like the annotation for explaining what the phrase throw in a towel means. Oh, I did too. I thought that was uh, a nice cherry on top. Yeah, but what the thing that like I think this show, I don't know if we've specifically called it out, but that this show as illuminated for me about these annotations is like you'll get these long things about like here's what foxhole means, here's what it can mean in the context of this line. But then like because it is so community curated, which is on paper a good thing, but because it is like a lot of people throwing at the wall and seeing what stick, you get definitions of one line and then definitions of another that in no way connect. There is no yep. this connects back to the core thesis because of this. It's just Here's what maybe the backwards talking means. And it's like, okay. And that's that's not actually why we're here, but it is a thing that we have tried to to reconcile with on this podcast. Sometimes we just make fun of it, especially when it's verified annotations from Pete. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. See, here's, I'm just here's a picture here, of like... a man dunking. <laughs> here's oh, the prestige. Well. Yikes. God. Yikes. My only thought is, as an English major. None of these annotations are good annotations, and they're all bad. But mm-hmm. also, they just extremely highlight how I feel about this song, which is throwing things at a wall to see what sticks. And it uh-huh. feels like they threw a bunch of, like, three lines as a pair at a wall. I and feel like, like... This stuck. Okay. <laughs> here we are. This sounded fine out of Patrick's mouth here. Don't think about it. This, this, I, I feel like I've said this the last several episodes, but this is another song that feels like there were a lot of ideas jotted down and they just decided to use it here rather than save it for the best possible usage. Mm. And yeah, cause it's like, yeah, this, this is an idea that stands on its own, but does not stand with the rest of the ideas in the verse. Yeah. But then the chorus plays, I don't know who wants to read it. Uh, I can, I guess. Uh, So chorus, Patrick Stump. Cause I'm stuck in the sunshine riptide dancing all alone in the morning light, the sunshine riptide. You came back like a wave when I was feeling all right. The sunshine, the sunshine. Okay. It sounds nice. He sings it good. What That's is true? What does genius annotator 89 think that sunshine riptide means? Riptide is similar to rip current. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. A powerful channel of water moving up to eight feet per second away from the coast. This is what I came here for. Literary analysis. <laughs> I do like the scientific fact. Like, I didn't know it could move up to eight feet per second. Yeah, sure. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I will say, reading further in, there is one sentence that I actually think is valid. And that is, in this case, the sunshine riptide and the ocean in general are metaphors for mania, the central theme of the album. I could see that. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean that, that it does link the um the long note from Pete Wentz that I'm pretty sure we've read in an earlier episode that basically says this is what mania is about. Um and it does include the phrase sunshine riptide in it. So sure. I don't think that connects back to the first verse. No. Unless they're trying to make a bunch of unconnected thoughts on purpose. So you feel disjointed, which I would say, stop it. You can, you can, you can, you can convey those ideas and make it sound good and be cohesive. Yeah. Also, like, I'm going to be honest, the only lines in this song that absolutely I think could be anything related to mania is the I'm stuck in the sunshine riptide dancing all alone in the morning light. Mm-hmm. is like a, a vague yeah. thing that I'm like, okay, yeah. Having had experiences, I could, I could, that I can understand. But the just lack of cohesion is, is that's not what mania is. That's not. Yeah. It's like, if that is the intention, it's like w- weirdly simplified. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like we've talked before about, you know, sometimes you just make things to cope, but then also I'm just like, well, this is a weird way to to talk about it when you're like when Pete goes out of his way to post his weird blocky handwriting saying 
this is all about the feeling of mania. And then I'm like, well, now that I view it through this lens, I become questionative of how it's depicting and saying certain things. But also, if it's deeply personal, I suddenly there are asterisks on everything for me. Mm-hmm. Which is how I feel about their first record a lot, where I'm just like, there's a million asterisks on this because of situation. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it sounds good. Yeah, it does. The song's great if you don't think about it. Well, and I do like the I like the this the phrase you came back like a wave when I was feeling all right. The sunshine because I feel like it's like personifying the riptide, which I feel like could lead into the mania reading a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of it, I totally agree with y'all on. I, I felt like that line would be great if the first verse focused on whatever the I love you till I don't line was about. Like mm-hmm. this, this, these three lines are maybe the most interested I am in the first verse because like, I love you till I don't just playing house. Like, all right, there's a, there's a relationship failing here. This is, this is Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson um, <laughs> and their kids playing with a bionicle. And then like, to me, like I when I read You Came Back Like a Wave when I was feeling alright, kinda took me back to that, like the like I love you till I don't, like a relationship where someone is around when things are only okay. If this song was a I feel like more pointedly about that, I think I would like it. But the thing is, like I, I you know, I could maybe say the the glass line is kind of about that of only liking someone conditionally but then the rest of it's just kind of floating around. I'd have to get like a my Charlie Day board out to to really make it work. <laughs> then the second verse is like completely oh, yeah. unrelated. Caitlin, would you like to read us the Burna Boy verse? Yeah, I love that I always get to rap on this mm-hmm. show. didn't fall down them say me non-normal drink hennessy me not drink water make me stumble pawn me air jordan ain't no slowing down no i keep it rolling now smoking in my fucking brain mood uh passing through my fucking mind feel like i'm bulletproof bulletproof baby with the sun shining through got the blunt and the juice cruise riding through the and then the chorus plays again so mm-hmm. he's riding through the sunshine but tied i mean i i like the the like his voice and delivery i think the flow is good the way he follows the beat and i just wish that like and it's not even that the verse is bad is that the verse is a complete non sequitur yeah it feels like it doesn't fit at all with like everything else that's going on it feels like a a remix of a song that I don't like as much as the original song, but there is no real second verse here. This is just, this, this is it. And I'm like, huh, yeah. okay. Cause I think it, it reminds me of when we talked about the remixes of last, the real ones where we were like, this is completely unrelated to the song. They slapped it on. <laughs> so it's weird to get that in the song. Um, but without that, I don't know if this is the strongest place for it. Yeah I, yeah, I don't think it is. Conceptually, anyway. Sonically, I think it's fine. If this, if there, if Pat, I don't know, I mean, considering what the verse is about, it would be inappropriate for Patrick to be catering his lyrics to that. But, um, I think it's just, it's just a weird marriage. Much like Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Do you have any other thoughts on the Burnham Boy verse? 
I don't. I don't either. Either. Well, the chorus plays again. It seems like this one is shorter, and then it turns into like a weird bridge section where he says the word sun a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a third verse, which I believe it'll be my turn to read, where Patrick sings, You are my truest feeling yet. I love you so much, it's just like oxygen, and it's going to my head. A public meltdown, petulant but irreverent. Take all your possibilities, then take away the limits, take your ideas, and throw away all the gimmicks. I do the best with what I have. The pills are kicking in, the pills are kicking in. And then uh, the chorus loops with some, you know, variation of lyrics, uh, and it's good. So that's the song. This third verse, how do y'all feel about it? I think this is the strongest verse in the song because it's the only verse that, like, actually, I was like, yeah, I can see how this relates to mania and bipolar disorder. I can see how this is, like, making references. I I kind of enjoy the a public meltdown, petulant but irreverent, because, I mean, there's other mentions to public meltdowns in this album and other albums, I think, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't know. This is this is the only verse that I was like, okay, I can see the clear line of thinking from the first line to the last. The pills are kicking in. Mm-hmm. I I can see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, and I think the the repeating of the pills line from the first verse, I think, helps connect the threads. Like it even helps recontextualize another an otherwise non sequitur in the first verse because the pills line and the driving down the coast makes uh, no sense in that timing. Um, it almost makes me wish, like, the driving down the coast again, the pills are kicking in, is how the first verse ended, and then both verses ended the same way, but that is not what they did. I mean, I don't know if the 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 possibilities take away the limits or limits take away your ideas and throw away the gimmicks. Um, I think that's probably I don't I'm assuming that's kind of about his creative process through this. That's kind of the lens I view it through. But otherwise, it's a question mark. But I think it's good. It's not so long that it becomes confusing like the first verse. I think I, I like take your possibility take your possibilities and take away the limits because i feel like that that is like a it's not an emotion but it is kind of an emotion in like that's vaguely what i feel like it it feels like is it like it's limitless anything is possible there is nothing stopping you ever mm-hmm. and so it's like that line i i'm like i can i can see that and i can also see how it relates to like the creative process as you were saying i don't know yeah it's like it's abstract but in a way that i like and i think it works here mm-hmm I think I just wish the first verse was tighter lyrically and maybe the Burna Boy verse was saved for a remix or a bonus track or something. Um, and then I think the song would be more cohesive, which is a thing that I care about deeply. <laughs> if just from verse three to the end and everything else mm-hmm. was in line with that, I could get behind this song. Yeah, I love the 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 escalation in the last chorus with, with Patrick's vocals and the layering. and. Mm-hmm. Just that classic. He starts yelling it now. Shit, I'm always for that with Fall Out Boy. Do you have any thoughts on it, Caitlin? 
No, I mean, nothing that y'all haven't already said. I, I feel like I'm pretty much on the same page as Theo. Yeah, no, I don't really have anything that y'all haven't already said. Cool. Well. Is that the podcast then? Might be. Yeah, I think we did it. Sorry for talking so much. I just have a lot of negative emotions about this. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think it's fine on its own. I think it's, it could be stronger for my own personal tastes anyway. Um, and I think it's certainly the weakest song in the record, which adds some extra, like, flack that I give it. But in a vacuum, discussing it here, I'm like, yes, yeah. B minus? C plus? C minus for me, probably. I'm an easy grader. I know. It's it's mostly just because, like, I don't like the, I don't like the sound vibe. Like, it's just Mm, not the style of music I enjoy. That's fair. I think they do a decent job with it. Yeah, it's just not really a genre that I ever really vibe with. That's um, fair. That's valid. You're valid, Kayla. You are valid. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's all I have to say about it. Do you have any closing thoughts, Theo? Uh I don't know. I think we said a lot of it. I think again, part it's there's just a lack of cohesion and it it could have been so good and so relatable, and then it just fucking ruined itself by trying to be clever and throwing in literally every idea that ever came into their heads. Yeah. And how, then it just made me sad. How even long is this song? It's like three it's only, minutes, right? Yeah, it's only three and a half minutes, but I still feel like the first <laughs> verse is just like, oh, we're still going. Oh, that's interesting. Because maybe, maybe it's also because I think the chorus is the strongest part that I'm just like, it just takes a while to get to the best part, which is the end. Correct. It should be it should be like a tighter three minute song or something. Just, I only like the I like the end, and then it's really just it's it takes too long to get to the end, and then it's also just a song that's in the way between me and Young and Menace, which is which is the banger to end all bangers. Yeah. Which is why it should have been the Probably first track. <laughs> Although I do agree disagree. with that, it should have been the opener. It's still weird to me that it wasn't. I it, as yeah. much as I feel that way, and it being it was a phenomenal first single for this record. I have come around enough on Stay Frosty where I'm just like, the way that song starts is, it's something special, I think. See, I, I really like Stay Frosty Milk Tea. Again, it won me over. At first, I didn't yeah. like it. But I, 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 I still don't. I don't. Point. I, I've, I've turned so many circles on. Is the, is the are you smelling this shit good? Have I been sold on its goofiness? Because before, I hated it. And now I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I think, think even I'm, when we did our episode about it, you were like furious about it. I don't remember because I, I, I've the further like the further I get away from the release of this record, the softer I am on that specific thing. Because when it, when it first came out, I was like, that's stupid, and I hate it. Him aggressively barking out broken French after saying, "Are you smelling this shit?" It's stupid. And I think I've come around to being like, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I, I vague now that you've said the are you smelling that shit? I kind of remember what it sounds like, but if you like, if you pointed a gun in my head and was like, Caitlin, I need you to like tell me what royal milk tea sounds like, I would die. Oh my god! And see, I just like I hear it. Same. I can hear the fir- the fir- like the opening thrum of the first verse, and the I think I got too many memories, and I just. It feel, it's such an anchor song. I feel like that should be like the song that is smack in the middle of this because it could anchor the record so well. Um, I will admit I don't love the Are You Smelling That Shit. I think the Some Princes Don't Become Kings, even at the best of times, I'm out of my mind, you only get what you grieve. I think I said that right. I don't know. I'm not looking. Sounds um, right. Is like such a good half of a pre-chorus. And then you just get to the Are You Smelling That Shit, Ode to Resistance. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, okay. it's like a, you should have picked one. <laughs> And you should have picked the first one. <laughs> yep. I mostly just remember the llamas. I'm gonna be real. <laughs> oh yeah, there's been some llamas in this record. Yeah. They're in like what three, four videos? I don't remember. They've made like I think five videos for this record. I 
don't actually know if I've ever watched any of these videos all the way through, to be honest. I know we still, like, Hold Me Tight and Bishop's Knife Trick both have videos that we haven't got to yet. And we watched, so, so we watched the one for Wilson, Last of the Real Ones, and Champion, I think, had two. Oh, why? <laughs> and, yeah. and Young and Menace has one. So that's, that's a lot of videos. Yes, I should watch the Young and Menace one. It's all right. That's the birth of the llamas. That was the, the, the initial usage of them for the, that first single. And then they just keep using it in a way that makes their relevance in Young and Menace. Like, in Young and Menace, they're this image that is like a metaphor for parental trauma. And then, we thought they were cool. We're going to skateboard with them now. <laughs> like, it's such a weird <laughs> shift that I have trouble reconciling. Um, but also completely makes sense with this band because they're this band. But anyways. Yeah, I think I stopped watching music videos from Fall Out Boy after the fuck. What was it called? They did a thing with um the save rock and roll music videos that I just oh, God was like, I can't anymore. You've lost me. There's a fucking snake and a kidnapping <laughs> and all of this bullshit. And I'm just done. You've, I will, I'm not watching any more of your music videos anymore. I think the only one out of those I will watch again is young volcanoes because I love that song, mm -hmm. um, which is, it's a dumb song, but I love it. And I just will not watch a music video from them anymore. They've lost my trust. That's, They've betrayed me. That's valid. They they made their terrible short movie by switching up the order of the songs and making a weird narrative out of them. We have been talking about it as we... The thing is, we've been watching those out of order, too, because we're listening to it on a weird shuffle. Um, mm. But yeah, we're... We're somewhere like halfway through those. It's weird because the first song we did was Save Rock and Roll. So it was the ending of the record and the story. Yeah. And been working our way back through randomly. But yeah, uh, of the videos that I, I think Young and Menace is good. I think Wilson is funny and, and dumb, but it's good. I enjoy it. Um, That's the fake infomercial one. Hmm. I don't think I've seen Hold Me Tight or Bishop's Knife Trick. And no. So I'll watch them for the first time for the show. And I remember Uma Thurman being good, but I haven't seen it in a long time. And Irresistible, I, I think, is I've funny. I have seen the video for Uma Thurman. I've, I know I've heard the song, but I don't know if I've seen the video for it. I remember liking it a lot. I, it's been a while. I think it made me come around on the song a little bit. And Irresistible, I still think, is pretty funny. So Irresistible is very funny, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's our list of recommendations to you. Good to know. I'll definitely... Maybe I maybe I will get over my betrayal and I will watch those. Yeah, because... just just don't worry about the save rock and roll ones. They're all bullshit. Uh, They're all bullshit. Yeah. I'm so excited to watch all of them. Yeah, when we when we finish that record, we'll have to watch them all in the the forty in minute the long movie. Yeah, I can't wait. It sucks so bad. It's interesting, I mm. guess. But Favorable. also, I've. I've already openly stated on this episode like two minutes ago that that is why bullshit. I stopped watching their music videos. So it's why? interesting bullshit. <laughs> it, that's true. It's a little like gory too. Oh, absolutely. Like, All right. This this is fine. Yeah, I think um, I don't remember which Mania video or maybe it was even uh, American Beauty, but I know that they had a video where they were like, some warning about violence and i'm like how many years has it been since you did a bunch of like exploding blood everywhere you murdered an army of nazis that are exclusively played by attractive women it's it's a whole thing whole thing anyways thank you so much for joining us theo and giving us all of your wonderful insight on this song thanks for having me and all the other records and pokemon we talked about <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me have opinions about this song absolutely that's the whole point of the show so. yeah there's a lot of opinions this this episode probably would have been like 25 minutes if it was just me and caitlin it's true so i think we'd have been like yeah it's here and then we would have moved on um but it was nice to to really get into the weeds about some stuff so so thank you for joining us where could uh where could our listeners find you and the other stuff you do online 
Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Fairy Prince Theo. Um, you can listen to me on my podcast, LGB Time Machine, or talk to me on that Twitter, which is at Time LGBTQ. Uh, and that is an Orange Rose Network podcast. Or if you're a patron, you can listen to Theo Pets, where I play a bunch of Neopets games as a 24 year old. It's 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 great. Um, thinking of that name is maybe my personal proudest achievement. It's so good, and I will never be over the emotion I felt when you sent that to me <laughs> and were like, "Hear me out. What if it was this name?" And I think I was at work, so like I just had to sit there and stare at my computer and pretend to be like an adult. <laughs> and inside, I was just like screaming and cheering and being like, "This is it. This is genius." Uh, yeah, February is stacked on the Patreon for Theopets because there's two episodes and one of them's like three, four hours. It might be the last episode. I don't know if I can, if I have it in me emotionally to do another one after it's Hannah and the Pirate Caves. Hard You'll, to follow up. If you listen to it, the last like 15 minutes really encompass everything I felt. Mm-hmm. So Truly, truly, the, the series is personal avengers endgame i think so i mean where else do you get someone panicked singing under their breath as they just try and run through a level eight times there's no going back anyway that's me that's what i do great and you've been on a couple episodes of chance in the making but i don't remember which ones so Uh, i don't think they're in the public feed yet yeah i don't think they're in the public feed yet but um well this episode comes out uh, after the first of the month, so there will be a new one, and I don't know off the top of my head who's on it, but regardless, you're on that podcast, and if, if you're a patron for Theo Pets, you're also a patron for Champs in the Making. Um, listen to it all. It's great. There's also a bunch of other uh, cut audio from shows on the Orange Ghost Patreon, but uh, yeah. Now I'm going to yell Caitlin's name. I'm ready. Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at CG and 8Rs. You can also find me on my mostly video games website uh, at Uppercut Crit on Twitter and uppercutcrit.com. Um, there will be like a billion reviews on the site next week by the time this comes out. So, read yeah. those. You can find myself on social media at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J.O. on all the ones that I use. And I'm on a couple other podcasts. Uh, Got it memorized to do in Remind. It's a strange moment. There is an Unchained update today that we're going to have to emotionally process. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll that'll be my plug for today. Again, I think I've been saying Got it memorized a lot lately because it's just that time of year. Yeah, we in Kingdom Hearts time baby mm-hmm. we're, we're truly in it uh you can follow this show on twitter at swgd pod um you can join the orange grows discord server to you know talk about this episode or other shows on the network the link to that is at the uh on the website theorangegroves.com and oh the pairing playlist uh every week we put a non fallout boy song uh next to the fallout boy song of the week on a Spotify playlist. There's a link to that in the show notes, or you can search FOB cast on Spotify. I didn't pick anything ahead of time. I don't know if uh, either of you have anything that jumps out as a, as a pairing for this song. Just a song that you like that you'd want people to listen to. I'm looking at what songs I've liked lately. That's what I do. If I haven't picked anything Tuesday night. Yeah, so my issue is is that I work in theater and 90% of what I listen to is just musical theater because I'm trying to remind myself that I like my job. <laughs> so, like, okay, the last... This is, this is a funny song that coming from me I think is fucking hilarious. But the last song I listened to that wasn't musical theater was I Want to Be a Hero, which is a Pokemon theme song because I as a kid liked like very, four very specific pokemon theme songs that i would just rock out to when i needed to rock out even though i never watched or played pokemon so 
I have, I have confirmed show I've listened to. that it is on Spotify. I will be adding it to the playlist for you. So that's that's my contribution to this yeah. this history is that piece of shit song. <laughs> what a great endorsement of it. But yeah, I think that's all the stuff that we plug. Yeah, that should be it. Um, Caitlin! <laughs> yes, Joe? Is this more than you bargained for yet? I don't know what I was bargaining for on this one, honestly. That's fair. I don't know, Joe. The answer is, I don't know. Tr- truly a haze <laughs> that we are in this week. I just wandered into Target and <laughs> went where my heart took me. Uh-huh. It's like you're you're someone's sim, and when you walk into a room, your thing resets, and you're like, why the fuck did I come in here? <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like that. Ugh. Was this more than you bargained for, Theo? Uh, I think it's about what I what I expected. All right. I just realized I don't know if I've ever checked in with myself and my own bargains. Is this more <laughs> than you bargained for, Joe? Yeah, apparently I'm the only one who's shopping here. Yeah. I don't know. 61 episodes and I've never considered my own bargains. That's fine. I feel like you should prioritize your own feelings sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't have bought it at full price. I'll say that. But, like, it was included with a bunch of other wonderful deals in one package. So I'm not complaining, you know? Okay. That's fine. Anyways, uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. I have no idea what song we're doing, but it will be by Fall Out Boy, and it won't be this one. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. have hit stop and i will be removing craig from the premises goodbye craig thank you for your service hi i'm theo and this is lgb time machine an lgbtq plus history podcast in each episode i'll research and then discuss a topic or time period or person that's relevant to lgbtq plus history and hopefully this will encourage more people to look into our history So far, I've done a broad overview of the persecution of LGBTQ plus folks in the U.S., talked about the homophile movement, the Lavender Scare, LGBTQ plus bars, and looked at some of the riots and events leading up to and including Stonewall. Tune in to the Orange Groves Network to learn some cool facts about LGBTQ plus history that you might not have known before.